0: Austin, he pulled me aside there, and, and we was talking, and he said, hey, listen. He said, your horse is very, very good. Everybody loves him. He moves pretty. He reads a cow. Everything he does is good. He said, you don't have to win every show to win the world. He's like, that's the main goal here. You're, that's That's your goal. You want to win the world. You don't have to win every show. All you need to do is get checks. If you get a check, every time you go down there, you'll win the world.
1: Welcome back to the Section K podcast and happy 2020. Today's Tuesday, January the 7th. On today's show, we have a great interview with the 2019 Open World Champion and our good friend, Mr. Taryn Rice. Uh, Taryn and his lovely wife, Katie, stopped by my house out in Witt, Texas, uh, right before they headed out to the Abilene Spectacular. Um, Can't thank Taryn and Katie enough for coming on the show. We talk all things. CR got you covered. He be a cat. Montana's musical socks. Some good stories about would you wanna and... Uh, what it was like for Taryn and his brother Tatum and, of course, their younger sister, Trey, growing up in Spearman, Texas, uh, being a horse trainer's kid and all the ins and outs of living that life. So, once again, we greatly appreciate Taryn and Katie for taking the time and coming by, being on the Section K Podcast. This episode of the Section K Podcast is brought to you by Western Bloodstock. Western Bloodstock conducts all of the sales at the NCHA and NRCHA major events in Fort Worth, Texas. Whether you're looking for a ready-made show horse, broodmares, or your next young prospect, Western Bloodstock has many options available to fulfill your performance horse needs. Like their page on Facebook, Western Bloodstock LTD, or visit their website, www.westernbloodstock.net. Welcome back to the Section K podcast. We got the 2019 NCHA Open World Champion, Mister Taryn Rice, on the show today. Uh, before he was the 2019 NCHA Open World Champion, he was your 2012 Open Futurity Co-Champion riding Hebe Cat, CHA Open Derby Champion on Miss Callie Cat, and then right here before the Futurity was the 2019 West Texas Futurity Champion riding Amazing Blues. Taron Rice, welcome to the show, brother, how are you? Hey, good, thank y'all. Congratulations on finishing up a great year there at the World Finals. Um, i glad that Holland year's finally wrapped up. I'm sure your lovely wife and Evan that are joined with us here today as well are glad that the year's over.
0: Yeah, I think it was uh, definitely a, a long year for everybody. Um, a lot of hours put in, uh, you know, a lot of time spent. But, uh, yes, yeah, definitely glad it's over, but also sad to see it leave.
1: So this time last year were you pretty dead set on Holland for the world was that kind of a goal that you set out for right there after gotcha had aged out or what was kind of your thought process going into Holland
0: yeah definitely a a, a goal we set um you know me and Katie had talked about it there at the end of his year and, and we at the end of his six-year-old year um and we just weren't ready to be done showing him. He was he was being good. Everything was, everything was rolling. And I had not won as much as I wanted to or thought I should on him. So uh, so we talked about it and decided that that might be the might be the way to go. And um, that's what we kind of decided to do and kind of went for it.
2: You mentioned uh, you didn't win as much money as you planned on on Gotcha. Did you have him from the beginning?
0: Yeah, so about uh probably mid summer of Gotcha's two year old year, um Brett De and or Bedar as everybody calls him, had uh he called me one day. We were in, in the other arena at Center Ranch working and he said, Hey, come up here I want you to I want you to watch a horse So we went up there and and he worked Gotcha and got done and, and was riding him around and we were talking about him and he said, Listen, he said, I think this is you know a really really good horse um what do you think i need to do to him and i said uh put him over here in my my stall so i said i'd like to work him for a little while if you if you wanted and he said yeah that'd be great so so we did and we we swapped around there and i took him and and started working him and he was uh he was a, a great horse from the from the start. You know, we, we always loved him. He was quiet. He was good to go, strong. Every, he, had, he had all the parts. Um, so through his two-year-old year and his three-year-old year, you know, I thought he was, you know, something that I could go and be competitive on. Uh, we had a pre-work. When I lived there at Center Ranch, Ronnie and Tag always did a pre-work at Madisonville right before the, futurity, the the about the three or four days leading up to the futurity, and they had done it for, you know, 25 years, whatever however long they had been down there. And when I got done with the two or three days, four days, whatever we work there, Tag said, that horse is as ready as any horse that we've put through here over all the years. He said, we've won it. Two, three times, you've won it coming through, you know, the whole thing. He said, that is that horse is as ready as any of them. He said, I promise you, you'll make the finals. And I'm like, wow, that's, you know, I'm like pumped. I'm thinking that's awesome because there's been a lot of great horses go through here, you know. And uh, and he was, and throughout the fraternity, me and Tag talked about it. And, and he just, it didn't matter what you wanted to do, he was down to do it. And and good, you know. If I if you wanted to go fast, you go fast. You slow down, whatever, however you wanted to work, however you wanted to show, he would do it. Um, and I made the fraternity finals, and uh, made the finals at Abilene right after that. Made the finals at the Cattlemen's, uh, but but I never did. I never did as good as I as I thought he could, and as good as I as I wanted to, as good as. He was that strong. He was ready, and he was he had all the parts, and we just never got it put together. So, um, through his through his five year for his five year old year, um, James Payne told me he said, "I think you should go and weaken that horseshoe." He said, "I think it would help a lot." So I was going to try to make the the world finals on Hebeacat that year. So so I took Gotcha along and started showing him a lot, and it helped immensely just just the repetition of the showing just going and showing time after time he got so much better we started doing way better at the aged events which he'd been very consistent making finals but we started doing better and uh and it kind of it took off from there and uh in june of his five-year-old year year, we were at vegas and he strained a suspensory at that show and we, we were actually second out at that show and he was great but but he strained a suspensory. We came back, had to give him some time off, and started showing him again as a six year old, and uh, and he just came back stronger and better, and was really good through his six year old year. And uh, same thing, we just never did win, you know, never came away with the with the Ws or the championships that we wanted to. So so we decided to do this.
1: Well, that's just what's interesting to, to listen to, just all the, the the list of amazing horses you've had, whether it's Miss Callie Cat or, or CR Tough Lucy, uh, just to name a couple with all due respect. But it's just like, I felt like that horse underperformed. So for me, it was cool as your friend, watching you come back and haul that horse and really not have anyone sniffing at your heels really the entire year. I mean, there was, Tim Smith was close to you there kind of early on and then Unfortunately, his horse uh, crippled up and, and he didn't get to show the rest of the year. But it was pretty much a domination station by the Wire Hinge Ranch uh, in 2019 Holland down the road. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, how, how would you compare him as far as training-wise to some of those other good ones that you've had that I mentioned, like Lou and, and He Be a Cat?
0: You know, they were, they're all so different in everything that they do. But, like, He Be a Cat, I compared him to... That he was, we we trained him in Jacksboro the first year I I moved away from home. The first year I left dad's, and uh, so my mom called me one day and asked about our horses. Just you know, just make a conversation how the horses do them, and uh, I told her I think I've got a really good three year old, and she said, well, what is it? And we were talking about it, and I said that he's very similar to to riding an old rope horse. I said you can rope all day long. Every day, it doesn't matter if the steers are fast, steers are slow. If you score, whatever you do, they never get hot. They never get worried. You rope, let your go down there and get, come back, and they stand in the box. They don't care. You tie them the fence, and they just stand there, and chill. That was how training Crawford was. No matter what you wanted to do, if you wanted to go slow, fast, it didn't matter. He was he was ready to do it, and and got better. And not only that, when you showed him something. In about two days, he knew it by heart, and then he said, "Hey, hey, let me add a little something." He taught me. To me, he be a cat taught me as much as, as any of those, or just about the training process. You know, um, when you would, when you did something to him, he he added a little and and like you know, let me show you something, and uh, and that was how training him was. Cr tough Lucy was wild you know out of control on a cow very good to ride very good-minded but anything that had to do with a cow she was just incredibly wild and wanted to go so fast and do way more than she ever needed to so so there was actually there was no similarities in in the the two of them you know um i would say gotcha was somewhere in the middle he was extremely feely more like lou but but also it didn't take but about, you know, two, three days, and he and he had it. He knew what you were wanting him to do, and and uh, all you had to do was show it to him a couple times, and
1: he said, I got it. So, Taryn, you talked about pre-working uh, with Ronnie and Tag in Madisonville the year. I feel like it's pretty rare you – I mean, I feel like it's rare there's co-champions at really any of our, ev- our events. I realize it happens, but to be co-champions with your uncle, I feel like that's pretty cool. Uh, what do you remember uh, just from working together if you did work with Ronnie at all that year leading up to the fraternity that y'all, y'all were co-champs together?
0: Um, we, yeah, we did get to work together some. We worked uh, – I did not work at Center Ranch yet. I went to work down there the next year. Um, we still lived in Jacksboro at that time. But we went to. Uh, um, we went to maybe two pre-works together that year. And, uh, one of them was at Darren Blanton's out at, uh, Walnut Springs. And we went and worked over there two or three days. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I, just the amount of knowledge that, that Ronnie and Tag, you know, bring to the, bring to the deal of the fraternity and preparing the horses and, the you know, the way they, the way they think about it and the, and the amount of effort as well. I mean, that's, i mean that's all ronnie lives for is the faturity you know and uh and he loves the loves the whole preparation just he's like i say, that's that's all he lives for as far as the cutting horses goes is the faturity um now one thing that stands out working with them that year we at that work i had been working that horse and, and he was like I say he was he was ready and trained and he was doing good the whole year and um we'd worked a couple days and tag told me he said uh he said man maybe maybe it was ronald one of them i think it was tag he said uh he said hey he said that next cow you cut he said trot up there about another 40 feet out of the herd and I said, "All right, I said, what, getting way too much? You know what, you know what's the deal?" And he said, "Well, he said you're staying right there against the herd and just protecting the herd and it's fine, but he said it's pretty soft. He said trot up there another 40 feet and and, you know, use him, call on him a little bit." He said uh, at some point during this, he said, "In case you make the finals, you might want to win this deal." He said, "Get him ready for it." And, and that I just obviously cuz we were fortunate enough to go on and, and win, but it that stuff sticks out in your mind, you know
1: for sure another horse that i'd be an idiot not to ask about he's buried under a tree out there at y'all's place now it's montana's musical socks um that's actually one of the horses cbl reminded us to ask you about um what do you remember about showing him and just having a horse like that another horse you talk about how special it is to have one all the way through and that was one you had for a long long time
0: Oh, you know, socks socks means the world to uh, to me and and my whole family and and several other families. You know, Dad bought him for me. Um, I think socks was nine, and uh, and we took him home. the The whole family showed him. Um, he taught me more about the showing, riding, just the just the whole thing of of taking care of horses. All of it. I mean, he was—he was a great horse. Uh, you know, the the tougher the cows, the better he got. We won. You know, I we've looked it up before. I don't know how many youth points on him. You know, some like close to five hundred youth points. And uh, and he he was just great. He was also the first horse my dad showed at the World's Greatest Horseman. He was the first horse dad showed in the cow horse stuff. That was his intro to that. Um, just because he was such a good horse. You know, he, he, you could, dad obviously roped on him, rain, the whole thing. He was just the same as I'm saying, like about, he just down for anything, whatever you wanted to do, he was, he was good with it. You know, I made the finals, uh, I made the world finals in the, the youth several times on him. The 20,000 non-pro ended up reserve in that. I think I went into the 20 that year, maybe like 13th and, and, uh. And when we left, I was reserve champion just because I did so good at the finals on him. He was just a he was just a good horse, and, and even even better horse for me after we quit showing. Um, Robbie Boyce, they his kids took him, and uh, it was the first horse his daughter showed in the youth. Shayla Boyce showed him, um, and then when she outgrew him from showing and riding, uh, her younger brother Brody took him, and we've got pictures of Brody. Uh, you know, roping geese and tying goats, and just anything that you can do, just to learn how to ride and, and stuff, just on socks. And my my younger sister showed him, like I say, all all five of us showed him. Mom, Dad, me, Tatum, and Trey, we all showed him. He was just he just meant a lot to us as a horse. And then and then when my kids started being born, that was one of the first horses Charlie rode, and and got to ride him for about a year before he passed.
1: Yeah, so you mentioned your whole family right there. Talk about growing up in Spearman. Um, Your dad, obviously, it's well known that he trains both cow horses and cutting horses, and obviously a ton of work goes into that. So talk a little bit about growing up, being a horse trainer's kid uh, up in Spearman, Texas, where obviously this time of year it gets a little chilly. Um, What was it like growing up, up on the frosty cold prairie up in CBL country?
0: Yeah, well, it's definitely all of those things. Yeah. You know, the wind never stops. We just went home for Christmas there last week and uh, was there for four or five days and it, it literally never stopped blowing. You, I mean, usually it will stop at night and kick up about 9.30 to 10 every morning and it's going to blow till about five or six of an evening. And uh, the whole time we were there for Christmas, I don't think it ever stopped. It just blew. And it's those days that make you uh, hate that country. But when the wind does stop, uh, it's some of the most beautiful days in the world. And, uh, there, there's a lot of good things. I miss, I miss a lot of the people, you know, that we, that we knew and grew up with. Obviously, Katie's whole family still there and a large part of mine. Um, and a lot of, a lot of good friends. But, uh, there's sure a lot of miserable days in it as well, just with the wind and the cold and the snow and, and just, uh, you know in the summer it felt like somebody's blowing a blow dryer in your face with a little bit of sand through in it and uh and in this in the winter it was you know the snow just just awful john Talbert told me one time the first year i made the fraternity finals he said uh what'd you do did you show at the fraternity last year and i said you know yeah and he said how'd you do i said well not you know not very good and it was my that was my first year to show and we talked about it a little bit and he said you know he said there's one thing i learned years ago living in the texas panhandle he said uh he said it'll make a horse trainer out of you i said well why do you say that And he said because he said the winners are so miserable that you try so hard all year to train a horse so that you can leave and go show he said because you don't want to be here he said it's awful and and he's right i mean there's uh the year the year at the year before I made the fraternity finals for the first time, Dad had a whole whole bunch of horses to go show, and me and Katie were at home. And there was like some twenty six days that the cattle had to live in our indoor because it was so cold and so there was it was in such a blizzard that that they weren't gonna survive if they were outside. So we backed in one of the feed trucks, the you know the grain cart, into the indoor. And that's where the cattle lived. We put them in the indoor every evening. Each morning, me and Katie went out there and helped everybody break ice, feed horses, take care of all that. Turned the cattle out of the indoor, turned them out onto hay and water. They stayed out there all day. And then at night, when before it was fixing to drop into the you know zeros, teens, whatever it was, and the wind blowing, and the snow was so deep that the cattle couldn't get to the feed, so that's what we'd have to push them up the alley, kick them in the indoor, and kick them onto the feed. Doctor, no telling how many every day, and and that I mean that was all we did, and we we would try to ride horses but the ground was frozen in the indoor so packed from the cattle you know we'd have to you'd have to kick them out i remember when dad got home from whatever shows he went to abilene bonanza all of those shows that that we had to completely redo the ground in the indoor because we ruined it trying to keep the cattle alive but there was so what do you you either lose a whole load of cattle or redo your ground you know
1: i see why honey and br moved down here too yeah with everyone else yeah i see why katie moved down here too so (laughs) that's because that's me well yeah yeah uh, yeah she could speak for herself on that she (laughs) hadn't said anything so Uh, are, are there any horses you remember like your dad training like in those conditions that just at the moment you're like wow this sucks i hate this but later on you're like well good thing we were out there working so hard like whether it was Bob Hickory or Rio or any other horses kind of from when you were younger.
3: So Taryn's not speaking up, but I remember before Boyd even had his indoor, uh, they had an outdoor round pin and Taryn and I were just dating. And that year Boyd was training a Pepto stylish Sue and sells a little solano for the fraternity. And I remember watching Boyd work her as a three-year-old. And I told Taryn, I'm like, I've never seen anything like this um i don't know anything about the fraternity but i think your dad is he's gonna win it and be reserved like this was unreal and that's that's just something that stuck out in my mind that i remember and then it was maybe a couple years after that that boyd had third cutting i remember that was maybe the first year he had the indoor i remember that and that was pretty unreal yeah all of that
1: third cutting that had to have been a cool horse, just to have been on the sideline, whether you were helping or being at home watching him work. What do you, what do you guys both remember from watching third cutting?
0: Um, you know, at that point, I was uh, I wasn't helping Dad yet in the show pen, and uh, um, you know, mom, mom and Nina were loping them at that time. Uh, so I I, would, I, I did get to work. I worked him one time before the super stakes of his four year old year. And uh yeah, I mean he was he was incredible. Uh dad told me a long time ago I went to show a horse named Mighty Joe Murata that dad that was actually uh one of Dad he made the fraternity finals on him. He's a really good horse and I showed him in the in the youth world finals. And uh dad told me before I showed him he said hey listen he said when you go down there he said, "You be in charge, and you take him on a ride. Don't let him take you on a ride." And and when I, I've, you know, I've always I've always remembered that. But I, when Dad's let me ride a few of those better horses, you know, Sunrays, Third Cutting, um, Bob's rio I've always tried to remember that. You know, don't don't be behind them. Me be in charge, and and you know, be the one riding and going where I want to go as opposed to just be sitting there and letting them, you know, me being behind. And so I I tried to do that on third cutting and I couldn't hardly keep up. I mean, he was so, (laughs) he was so fast and so strong and yeah, just, just incredible horse.
3: So I remember this one time, um, I'm pretty sure TC was probably five at this time, maybe six. Um, Haley, she always got him ready. And for whatever reason she was, Gone that day and needed me to get him ready in his priority for Boyd to work or just work the day before. I can't really remember. Anyway, at that time, I Taryn and I we hadn't had any horses that had won anything or people really knew or anything like that. And I was on him, trotting him around. Um, It used to be the outside loping pad before they had that covered arena, and I was trotting him around out there. And I remember everybody, you know, coming by. Oh, hey, TC, you know, saying all this stuff. And I thought, this is the coolest thing ever. Everybody knew this horse. Every Everybody was watching him at that point. I just thought that was about the best thing that could ever happen. And uh, just all of that was really neat. And I also remember the year that third cutting was six. I told Taryn, um, I think it was at the Super Stakes that year. Um, we were working some horses before the finals that night. We weren't in them, but Boyd was. And I said, I can't wait till these finals tonight. I said, I can guarantee you before your dad even drops his hand on his first cow, this Coliseum is going to erupt. And sure enough, it did. And just watching Boyd show that horse all those times, I didn't, I knew it was special at the time. Looking back now, I had no idea how unreal to do something like that was, but witnessing that and. Any any of us can relate. Any time you hear they call a Sam erupt, it's pretty electric and just so much fun. And those times were some of the best times that I can remember.
0: I remember this the same night. Katie's talking about that uh, we were sitting. It was me and Katie and Matt and Megan were sitting there watching those finals. And when Dad got done, for whatever reason, the score didn't come up. And and everybody went to stomping their feet like it was like a sporting event. I've never seen that before. Everybody was stomping their feet and clapping and just going nuts, waiting on the score to come up. It was that was that's the only time I've ever seen that in in you know all of my years of being at the Cuttins. That you know the scoreboard glitches, whatever the judges didn't turn in their score, whatever it was, there was no score. And while everybody's waiting on it, they got to stomp. You knew it was going to be so good that. Uh, that, that was pretty cool just, just watching
1: everybody get,
0: you know, get hyped up and watch wait for the score to come up.
1: This interview with 2019 Open World Champion Mr. Taryn Rice is brought to you by Dennis Moreland Tack, tack handcrafted by Cowboys for Cowboys for 43 years and counting. Since 1976, Dennis has built high quality tack for training, working, and showing. Get the best. Get your tack at Dennis Moreland Tack. Visit www.dmtack.com. So rewind to the two thousand, the year two thousand seven. Um, that was kind of right when I was getting into the sport of cutting. Thirteen
4: years
1: ago. Thirteen years ago. That's crazy to think about. Is that not insane? So that was your last year of the youth. Uh, your last summer show at the Derby as a youth. Um, what happened before the Derby? Why were you in a boot? A, a walking the boot, sweet, by the way. Yeah, so it's not no, it's not so sweet. A cast, sorry. Yeah. So, um, and then we'll get to talking about what happened at the derby, but why we—I I don't know the story. So dad, uh,
0: dad was gone somewhere. Show, and I—I—I I, I don't remember where he was at. Me and mom were at the house by ourselves, and um, he had told me to exercise quite a few horses um out of laziness i turned quite a few of them out in the arena together and they were all bucking and playing and running around and i got on a uh a cat gildan that belonged to woody bartlett and um i was loping around well the ones that were supposed to be exercising themselves (laughs) had quit exercising themselves so i thought well you know i'm gonna chase them around a little bit and uh As I got to chasing them, my horse started bucking, obviously ran a little too close to one of them, and uh, I got kicked right about four inches below the knee and uh, broke my leg. And I, I still, I remember the whole deal. I don't know why, but like it was yesterday. But, so I tried to get off. I stopped the horse, tried to get off on the normal side, and the broken leg moved Ouch. It was it was that broken I Yikes. couldn't I couldn't swing it over so I tried to get off on the off side. calf rope inside yep. and I couldn't put any pressure in the stirrup oh so I tied the reins around the horn and fell off just you know got over by the gate and just kind of fell off. yeah just rolled off. exactly and uh, I hollered at a guy that was at the barn, Clint stalls, and I told him, I said, go get mom, tell her to bring the pickup. Well, here comes mom running from the house, and she's like, what's wrong? I No said, pickup. Well, yeah no, yeah, no pickup. I told her, go get the pickup. I broke my leg. So she goes, gets the truck, we get in the truck, and uh, at this point, there's still no pain, but I knew, I, I'd had two broken legs before that, so I knew, this leg is broken.
1: It's this is not good. Not
0: good at all. And uh, so we get we get climbed in the truck and we head to Spearman to the uh, to the hospital and uh, still golden no pain everything's good and there for some reason there was a giant bump at the end of the gravel road before we hit the highway and when we hit that my leg shifted somehow and a excruciating pain hit and I told mom go ahead and step on it and let's get up there. So what time of year was this? Uh, oh. I don't, I don't remember. Summer, yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say midsummer somewhere. So not yeah.
1: too long before the scholarship cutting at the derby, right? Yeah, yeah, no. So no, had you already before. planned on showing what you wanted that year, or yeah, yep, so... that was still the that was still the game
0: plan. I, you know, Clint had uh, Clint had offered him to me. You know, I, I tried to work with clint as much as i can still to this day you know he's one of the outside the rice family i would say clint is one of my biggest biggest mentors and and biggest assistances in the in the industry and uh so he had offered him to me and and we was planning on showing him but uh yeah we were. so anyways i was still in a cast i had a cast up to my waist at first and then they moved it just below the knee right there before the derby but uh um you know that was another cool deal just going to uh i couldn't really i couldn't do anything couldn't help as much as i wanted to but i would go out and stay at wrigley's in the apartments and get up each morning and watch clint work horses and uh and watch him work my horse which I, you know just kind of sitting there hanging out but just watching clint work horses that year and and getting my horse ready was was pretty incredible what'd you mark in the first round do you remember um did it
1: hurt do you remember did it hurt
0: when you were showing? no it didn't hurt at all by that time it was it was all i mean it was i still had the cast on but no it was all it was all good pretty much Um, yeah we we were on the we were on the downside of it so it was all good but uh i don't remember what i marked in the first round but uh no i didn't i mean it wasn't in the top you know i was in the i was in I, i think i barely made the finals and uh your um, wife
1: is shaking her head. She doesn't think that's. Well, true. she has better memory. Because I can't wait there. to hear her take on this. Because
3: mark. I was pretty sure 24.
1: She says a 24. I'm pretty sure too. Yeah. yeah. Hedlund Cody, would have been Codeman there. Goodman
0: says yes. Sir. So. Okay.
2: Who did
1: you show that year? Do you know?
2: Um, maybe straight shot play gun.
0: <clears throat> I think you're right. I think that's. I think that's right. Yeah. 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 But uh, <laughs> I, anyway, I do remember that there was a few things that Clint did not love about the run. And uh and and in the finals, uh, that horse was spot on. Yeah. Yeah, Clint did some work. He was perfect. <laughs> Thanks, Clint. So that's one of your
1: favorite runs. I to really watch on YouTube, you. right, Katie?
3: Yes, of of course. That was a a lot of fun to watch at that point. Uh Tara and I were just dating and that was once again I knew nothing about cutting or anything, but that was pretty phenomenal. Like, this
1: horse looks cool, I well, guess.
3: Yeah, I guess, <laughs> yeah, and uh, ended up the next year, actually, Taryn showed him in the youth, and I came and got him ready for him, and that was the very first cutting horse I ever got ready, and boy, was that a mistake. I thought they were all going to be like that every time. That horse was great and just a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, Katie got my youth horse ready at the Derby, and we got married a couple months later. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Timing is everything. Yeah. When and then know, he took his know.
3: wife to this NYCHA Hall of Fame induction. Yeah, yeah. how many so.
0: people did that? Took their wife to the NYCHA Hall of Fame banquet. No, no, very very few people do that. Go to the youth banquet. Their lovely wife. Yeah,
1: <laughs> That's funny. It's really funny. So before we go, I, I want to ask this question just because for me, I feel like it's really hard to, to do it, but... With with me talking about you being the West Texas Futurity Open champion this year as well as being an Open World champion and, and hauling down the road, what's it like training young horses and being gone so much and, and what, what goes into having a program still while you're still focused on showing your older horse and, and going to as many weekend cuttings as you possibly can? You
0: know, I feel like it was uh... – and the process wasn't necessarily any different than it was when we're showing in the aged events um, the horses went to maybe more places but they weren't there as long you know so when uh, when we went to a weekend show I always tried to show to throw in uh, two or three three-year-olds each time you know however many if we had an empty hole we would try to throw some in. So they were only there for a couple of days instead of a week to ten days, like it would have been if we were at the aged events. Um, I also I don't think I was gone necessarily any more days than than I was or am any other year. It was just it was just to it, we just moved places more times. You know, like normally this year uh, or you know last year I only I went to the BI for four days. Well, we're usually there for fifteen so that was you know that it was just different it was just different places um so so you know we'd have a few days at home work horses load up and go somewhere for two or three days take a couple of them with us come home work for a week go somewhere for four days come home whereas normally we were home for two weeks gone for two weeks the amount of time was the same there was just a lot more driving
1: involved yeah. that's interesting
2: So you hauled with your dad when he hauled Bob's Hickory Rio um, way back when, when we were kids. But what was different about hauling in the open, and what were some of your favorite cuttings to go to?
0: Um, You know, as far as favorite cuttings, I don't know. This was our first time to ever go to Idaho or Rancho, so that was pretty cool. I had went to Augusta a couple times with Dad, and when we went, the weather was horrible. Uh, those years this this year you know we went and it was we got very fortunate weather was good so, so that was that was fine um, the one place that I thought was pretty cool was uh, we got to go to El Cid this year they had another cutting out there which they haven't had in in quite a few years we went to a four-day weekend show out there and just going back where we we had shown as kids and then growing up in the panhandle we used to go pre-work there with Pete and and it had just been quite a few years since we had been there, so that was pretty neat getting to go there and and uh, kind of you know kind of like going home. I mean, wasn't necessarily, but but it was a lot closer than than most places. Um, uh, so th- those were all cool places. Obviously, you know, Houston, San Antonio, those are all cool places with the rodeo and the and the towns that they're in. Those are those are all fun. And
1: yeah, that was pretty cool when you and Tatum split. Was it the open? Uh, the Mer- the last year of the Mercurio was it uh, when he was one on hashtags and you showed gotcha correct
0: yeah yeah the year the year that the year Tatum um, won the world on hashtags we actually split Houston the you know year before in 2018 we split Houston so we've been we went to Houston for several years in a row that's a fun place to just uh. The, the hospitality at Houston is, is out of this world. When you pull up, they've got a tractor with a trailer ready to take your stuff in, anything and everything you want. The whole town shuts down. You know, We've got customers that live there. And, and Robert Walman, he told me, you can't practice law within 100 miles of Houston during Rodeo Houston because everybody shuts down for the rodeo, all the volunteers and just everybody there. I mean, he said, there you just – you can't get anything done because there's nobody to argue against. So, so that, you know, Rodeo Houston's just a, a fun place and just a just a lot of you know really neat things uh, about the about the Holland world that you don't that we don't see going to the age events.
2: Your grandpa Sonny, your dad Boyd, and your brother Tatum had all won the Open World Championship pr- prior to yourself. What are some things that you learned? or watched and tried to emulate or what are some things that they helped you with in Holland this year
0: Um you know I don't know that there was any one thing you know, that 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 really sticks out just a lot of uh, a lot of watching them over the years you know like you said earlier I was I was with dad the year he won the world on bob I you know I loped him and turned back for dad most of that year and uh, um, watching Tatum helping him at the few shows that we were at together. You know, I, I think just uh, just having a really good horse, um, a, a good team behind you, and, uh, and the commitment to go do it is, is one of the main things that showing in the age events and training horses is, is very hard at, at any level. And when when you throw this in, you know, like the age events, we go, we go, we set up, and you're there for ten days, two weeks. You're there with this. It it just required a lot more planning. You know, things changed. Uh, uh, a lot of shows, a lot of stuff would change depending on where. Some people were going who who was going where, what was going on, uh, the added money. You just had to keep up with the schedule a lot more, you know, showing the age events. You have your age events you're going to go to, and you, you go to those, and it's all, you know, it's all the same. Nothing really changes. Going to – doing these and going to the weekend shows, there's just a lot more – a lot more that can change you know we go and show one place and uh while we were there we might decide to go on go show somewhere else come home just a, a lot of moving parts that you don't have during the aged events but but I've, i feel like just just having the the good horse is is the main thing that i picked up from them you know um that's that's really the the bottom line you go and try to do your job um try to cut the best cows you can and and try to cut them in the middle of the pen and and it's if you've got a really good horse like we you know we're fortunate enough to have me dad tatum and sonny then then they do their part you know um definitely can't do it without them and uh and the horse deserves a lot more credit than than what any of us are. They obviously can't be on the podcast, but they're the ones that they're the ones that bring it to the table cuz I promise you I've got a a barn full that you could take and try to haul this year and it's not going to go the same just because they're not going to give you 110 like he did all year long.
2: What were some of your favorite runs throughout this year?
0: Um the the finals at uh, at Rodeo Houston was a fun run. The cattle were bonkers. You know the arena, the walls there are very short. Uh, there's a lot going on where they unload the cattle. The peep, there's people are walking by. There's really no place for the cattle to just hang out and get settled in. The cattle are pretty wild. It was not going very good for anybody and uh, and. Even during during my run, a cow ran out. Ran she'd ran around during everybody's run, and uh, that was a that was a fun fun run. Just because it wasn't going good for everybody, and Gotcha made it good. Basically, he was spot on that night. The like I say, cow ran out during the run, running around the cow that I was working, and he never never missed never missed a beat in throughout the entire run, and that just. So that made it cool, and like I say, also it's a different crowd—people that you don't normally see at the cuttings. You know, the stands are full and stuff, so that's pretty cool. Um, a lot of the several of the runs we had at the West Texas um, during during July of uh, of this year, um, Gotcha had he ended up busting four abscesses out of the same foot, and it was all stemmed from one one big abscess. But we had to give him three weeks off there to kind of get those all. Busted out, get him healed up, and get everything good to go. And uh, so we had a couple of weeks off. And when we went to the West Texas, he was extremely fresh. And, um, you know, he was he was bucking around. And those runs that we had throughout that week, th- those were some of my favorite runs. Probably the, the first go-around at the West Texas, I cut two unbelievable cattle they never just they just sat there and and went back and forth and the casey green said at the end of those runs i said something about the cattle being good and he said man he said he made them good he said every time that cow left he said he picked up and he said he brought his neck out there and he said nope you're staying right here and he brought them back to them he said i never moved he said it was turning back and he said it was just he was doing it you know he was reaching out there and getting them um Idaho he was great those two both of the runs at Idaho were were really fun and same thing you know at Idaho they've got the the tables set up right around the edge of the arena and uh and they sell those tables for that night and have the the open non-pro amateur finals those were all all full and a a big crowd that was those were pretty cool runs and, and a lot of fun there too.
2: So Katie you got him ready if not every time the majority of the time this year. What are some of your favorite runs that you remember watching?
3: Well, yeah, I got him ready pretty much all year. Um, I think the couple of times I didn't get him ready, um, tell was maybe two weeks old when Taryn started hauling last year and Garrett Hampton, who rides our two-year-olds got him ready, um, for the first few weekends at Silverado. And then he got him ready at Augusta and I took him back over after that. Um, I remember one weekend we went to Amarillo and, uh, Taryn I'm pretty sure marked a 76 and a 77 both of those days and both of those runs were pretty crazy nobody was there in the morning you could just hear the birds tweeting and I remember I was whistling during the 77 which um you know that's hard when there's not a crowd there um cheering too you're wondering am I seeing what I think I'm seeing in this run you know um some guys gave me a hard time about whistling and cheering for that but uh those, both of those runs were just crazy. Um, like Taryn said about the runs at West Texas, that horse, he just wasn't messing up. He's just making the cows great doing that. Um, there was uh, another time this year at Sweetwater, he marked another 77 and and that was pretty cool. Um, Kobe Wood had came in and he had marked a 76 on Cool and Hot and Um, I think it was maybe just a 750 added. I can't remember. And I knew, I knew we needed to win it to get a good check that weekend and Taryn and gotcha came in and, and marked that 77. And, uh, we watched that run on YouTube the other day and it was just pretty cool. Um, and I'm going to also agree with Taryn, those runs at the West Texas, I loved the runs at Idaho. It's, it's hard just to really single out a bunch, um, uh, Brandon Westfall actually um, we were at J5 this last weekend and we were talking about it and, and he asked me and I just told him from the West Texas to Idaho to Rancho um, it was pretty surreal I don't feel like that horse really put one foot out of place it, I told Brandon it, it didn't matter what we did um, he was on it he knew what was going on and I don't know it was just pretty, pretty cool all those runs right there were, were just a lot of fun
1: some of that too is a testament to the horse trainer and the style like me i think it's i'm super drawn to your horses just because they're super bendy super athletic super cowy they stop really hard they do what the cow does but then they just have that added kind of flash with you talked about gotcha's neck and just kind of his style and just big swoopy long bendy moves and that's what I think of when I think of Taran Rice performance horses, so yeah, going already at J five ain't no ain't no rest for the weary, is there?
3: No rest for yeah. the wicked.
1: So tomorrow, going back to Abilene, um, get the year started started back again. Are we going to show some in the open? Are we going to maybe haul something again, or what? Are, what are no, we absolutely doing? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. Absolutely not. No repeat. You're going before the no, aged event, so I just had to no, ask.
0: No, headed to uh, just to prepare for the age event. Goal this year is to is to uh, just make sure that we try to make the finals at all the age events that we go to and, and try to end up in the top if we can. Um, Katie was talking a sec just about the runs through West Texas, Idaho, and Rancho with Cody being here. When we went to Rancho, we stayed uh, we stayed out at Rock's. and uh, well, I mean, We stayed at Rancho, went out and worked at Rock's and had a really good time hanging out with them. And Rock got me out while we were at Rancho through the whole thing. So for the finals – uh, that not those those cattle were incredibly pushy. They were they. I don't they. We sat there and watched them. I, I drew third. Adon was first and second in the draw, and I was third. And uh we all sat there and watched. So we had our three favorites picked out. Adon lost one of them on his first horse of the of our favorites. I mean we. I had my three favorites, and I was getting Adon out, and he said, "Here's what I'm cutting." And he lost one of them on his first horse. He lost one of them on his second horse. So I go third, and there was one of them left. And I go down there, and I'm thinking, heck, yeah, I'm fixing to get this cow. You know, that was our favorite. We're loving this. So I walk in the herd, and it's standing there. I kind of give it a little bit of a bump. And when I step to this cow, it spun around. I mean, right underneath my neck, we weren't three feet away from the herd, and I had no option but to drop down. So we, we get it held, luckily. It did, it did try to run me over at one point. We got it held, and when I quit and turned back around to the herd, Rock, <laughs> I remember Rock said, hey, make sure they walk. And I said, yep, you. that's okay. And from that point on, we went in there and pushed some out, and whatever walked the furthest away was what we cut. And uh, I just remember that just from – just from Rock, you know, just one of the memorable things that happened. I'm pretty sure Rock told me those exact,
1: that exact well, phrase <laughs> when I was in Vegas was "Make yeah, sure they that's, walk." Right? That's <laughs> kind of his, heard his, it That's kind of, of his, times. his M.O. <laughs> make yeah, sure make they sure walk. they walk. I've but heard that. But in that situation,
0: that was exactly what needed to be said, and and that was all he said during the during the whole run, you know, and and that was something that I needed to hear at the time because, like I said, we had loved those three cows, and the other two obviously they ran over a do da- they obviously weren't very good just because they settled fine doesn't mean that was what we needed to cut and and when he said that it you know it just made a lot of sense and that was so that was pretty cool
2: that pretty much is a sum up of hauling in general like you you walk into a herd of cows and you see so many different herds of cows throughout the whole year especially when you're hauling and there's many times where you got to completely change the game plan and just make sure they walk and go to the top and whatever stands in the middle of the pen. I know I've heard that plenty of times.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's rocks. That's rocks. Go to that's his mo. But he's but he's right. And just like Cody said, just you see so many different herds and different type of cattle that makes make sure they walk. If they get up there and get away from you and see what's going on, then they're more apt to be better than than the others
2: so through a year of hauling you talked about uh, my dad and and you talked about your your brother and your dad helping you and maybe giving you some pointers along the way was there any other people that you know said something at one point in time like dad saying make sure they walk in the middle of your run or or something like that that you remember happening throughout the year
0: yeah w- when we were in uh, when we was in augusta we had we had started the year showed it silverado two or three days um left and went to augusta showed at the hippodrome a couple days and then moved over to the call to the to the james brown arena and uh i had those those cattle at augusta you know aren't aren't perfect let's that's, that's just a good way to put it they're not they're just uh, what they are and so i was i was trying to win every show and uh
1: no, you wouldn't do that. You don't ever ride to the yeah. outside. Yeah, no, do
0: that. I mean, yeah. There's no sense of do going down there if we're not going to try to win. <laughs> but so, so through the the first, we had two two twenty five hundred addeds before the the twenty thousand added there at Augusta, and uh, and I I got a check in one, didn't do very good in the other one, and uh, Austin he pulled me aside there and and we was talking, and he said, hey, listen, he said your horse is. Very, very good. Everybody loves him. He moves pretty. He reads a cow. Everything he does is good. He said, You don't have to win every show to win the world. He's like, That's the main goal here. You're, that's, that's your goal. You want to win the world. You don't have to win every show. All you need to do is get checks. If you get a check, every time you go down there, you'll win the world. And he said, Don't make him break his legs. To hold a cow, he said, don't kick him that hard. Don't make him go. Just because he can stop that hard, don't make him do it. He said, if you go down there and just get through a run, you're more than likely going to mark a four. And he said, if you cut good cows, you're going to mark a five or a six. He said, that's all you have to do, and you're going to do great. And from that point on, I showed with that mentality. And I'm sure there was times throughout the year that I overrode. But it was a lot less often because of those, because of him saying that, and and he was right. There was, I mean, if I didn't if I didn't mess up and kick him past, and uh, then yeah, we would get through a run that felt very average as far as as far as the run, and we would mark a four. Well, you end up third, and if you cut good cows, we marked a five, six, seven, and you won. And it just he told me he said if he said you'll you'll appreciate doing that after you have about 100 runs. And he was right.
3: And nobody knows how many times I had to remind Taryn of that when I dropped that horse's tail <laughs> before he would go down there. Well, I'm not very smart they, they to Well, somebody. no, just saying if there were some big runs, I'd say, Taryn, remember what Austin said. That's all I would ever say to him.
1: So obviously the, the community of people that's hauling for the world at uh, any given time time in the year is generally pretty small so um some of those late nights you mentioned at the west texas um some of those open and non-pro cuttings can be kind of later later toward the, the end of the day um what were some cool non-pro horses or some cool non-pros that you remember helping or or horses you remember working kind of at those weekend shows that, that you'd be at late late in the day and stuff like that yeah that was a that was
0: also a pretty cool part of the year um you know Tatum had, had worked uh, Little Pepto Cat for Mary Joe, you know, last year. And uh, um, sh- this year when we started a haul, she asked me if I was going to go to some of those shows. And, you know, we talked about it and said we were. And so she asked me to work him. And that is one of the best horses I've ever ridden. You know, I mean, you, can, you throw them up against third cutting – Bob Securio, C.R. Sunrays, all of those that Dad let me ride. Um, and then the horses that I've done good on, you know, He Be a Cat and Gotcha and uh, Would You Want. I mean, any of those that, that you can think of. That horse, uh, Ronnie let me work Jewel Bar's cat one time. I mean, there's so many good horses that you throw in there um, that I was fortunate enough to ride. That little Pepto cat is is unbelievable. He can He can go – as faster maybe faster than than any of them um he's incredibly smart uh easy to work i mean anything about him was was unreal and if the cows tested him just a little bit this horse got so serious and so strong and so fast that that it was unreal um i was always I we also got to work uh Catman blue for blakely a couple times i didn't get to work him a lot but Enjoyed every minute of working him. What little I did, just to, you know, Sean. Sean did great on him. Won a couple cuttings. Won the Derby at Fort Worth. Just, uh just a great horse. But I didn't realize how good he was until until you get to work him, you know, and get to be around him a little bit and just just feel the the intelligence of of those better horses and the way they the way they think and the way they are um you know that catman blue he was so fresh every day and sean told me he would be he said he loves to work and when you would cut your first cow he was gonna be fresh and the moment that a cow challenged him this horse got as serious and down to business i mean he was not letting that cow by he was and and just strong everything about him was you know pretty crazy uh you got to help caitlin uh, Scotty's wife we got to help her throughout the year showing uh, Metallica and, and he was that same way you know we could if we cut a soft cow first then then blue would he wouldn't be as serious but if we cut a cow that tested him then the, from then on it was game on these horses will get so serious so fast just because I feel like it's because they're so strong and they're so confident in what they're doing that if something doesn't challenge, then it's just a game. They're just hanging out, but when it does, then they're like, yeah, here we go. Say, you know, say I feel like it's the same with Kenny's Gildon in the finals. That horse is so strong and so confident that he can go and cut the craziest cow in the pen or the fastest cow, and that horse is so confident in what he's doing, he just gathers him up and says, "Ha." You know nice try, yeah, that's it. It's exactly a nice try, but that ain't that ain't working yeah. you know and it's Not just today. crazy the those horses that are that good, you know,
2: growing up and watching Mary Joe showing the non pro when we were kids um how cool was it to for her to come up to you and ask you um, to work her horse for and to get ready for the non pro
0: you know that was. It was pretty cool just because, like you said, we've watched her show forever. Um, you know, the, just showing Red, White, and Boone and, and every other horse she has. I mean, Red was the smartest cutting horse that I've ever seen. We always said, you know, that they didn't tell him when to quit the cow. He told them when, and he would, you know – when Jordan and Mary Jo were showing Red there, when he was when we were showing his kids, they would be showing him, and a cow could be working him, and it would turn away, and he'd keep working, and it would turn away, and he'd keep working. But when it got too tough and it turned away, Red told them it's time to get another one, and he was just that smart as just to the whole, just to the whole deal. He knew, you know, here's what we need to do, and so that was pretty cool for you know for Mary Jo, somebody that's made the world finals however many times and shown eight million times throughout her life uh and won at every level for her to say hey you know i'd like for you to help me that was that was pretty neat and uh you know also we got to help um Allie who you know won the non-pro this year that was just just watching Allie throughout the year and her her game plan going into each run or the whole year and uh um you know how she went about it just watching everybody as to where they where they went to show where they wanted to show and what they wanted to do with their horse was was pretty cool
1: well guys this has been a ton of fun taryn and katie can't thank you guys enough for taking the long trip over here to the rancho not so grande at tierra santa uh thanks again we appreciate no, y'all taking the time and happy new year um Wish you guys the best of luck on all the aged event horses uh, going down the road.
3: Thank you all for having us. We've enjoyed listening to you all all year going down the road. That has been one of the things when the kids were sleeping or, or whatever going down the road, we'd put our earphones in the, in the phone and turn on Section K. So we're family friendly. The cool. kids can
2: be awake. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> usually we can't hear what's going on when the kids are awake. So,
2: Well, congratulations on a great year, and thank you guys for coming on. Thank
3: you all. Thank you all.
1: once again big thanks to taryn rice the 2019 open world champion for coming on the section k podcast big shout out to the colgrove family the owners of gotcha good luck to everybody showing at the 2020 abilene spectacular try and stay warm and go get them out there we will be seeing you guys down the road
4: Back on, all I've learned. Most bridges still stand, yeah, but some lay burn. Love that was made and the love that was lost. It's been worth it despite all the cost. Promises were made, but most were broken. Words I needed, I always left unspoken. Some say scars only heal with time So it seems I've left my glass behind When the road ends, though, I'll find another way I'll follow that sunset to brighter days So let's raise a glass to our memories Hope we have many more times just like these Cause before you know it, my friend, we'll be gone, gone And hopefully you have someone to love Hold them tight and raise your glass above before you know it, my friend, will be gone, long gone, gone, long gone. Now, loving Lady Luck's splitting half-day trains, so i will waiting right till they come back again. We'll watch another sunset slowly fade away and save our last words for another day. Then we'll all celebrate, yeah, we'll all laugh and dance. We'll do it all so nothing's even left to chance. As long as there's a drink and a few good friends, we'll ride this train until it ends. So hop on board, won't you please come along? Because the times we shared are what made this song. So let's raise a glass to our memories and hope we have many more times just like these. Cause before you know it, my friend, will be gone, long, gone And hopefully you have someone to love Hold them tight and raise your glass above Cause before you know it, my friend, will be gone, long, gone, gone, long, gone I'll keep on going, I'll keep on trucking. You tie me down, I won't stop bucking. Gonna keep picking on these six strings. One day you'll see what my music brings. And I'll thank all the ones who said to never quit. And I'll laugh at all the others who gave me shit. Regrets, they travel hand in hand with age. My remedy's waiting for me up on center stage. One day I'll be up here yeah, in the spotlight Just doing what I love and everything will be alright Everything's gonna be alright Oh, everything will be alright tonight So let's raise a glass to our memories And hope we have many more times just like these Cause before you know it, my friend, we'll be gone, long gone and hopefully you have someone to love Hold them tight and raise your glass above Cause before you know it, my friend, will be Gone, long, gone, yeah, gone, long, gone